This is Kevin's podcast show. You and your intelligence will be assimilated. You will become part of the collective of Kevin's podcast show. You will enjoy CNN versus Fox News. You will enjoy the unknown redneck. You will enjoy something great for the volunteer state. You will now call as Kevin's podcast show host, Kevin Marshall, comes on the air. Resistance is futile. Hello and welcome to Kevin's Podcast Show. I'm your host, Kevin Marshall. I want to thank you for being part of my 21-day challenge. 21 podcasts in 21 days with 21 minutes of new content each day. We are available on Apple Podcast App, iTunes, Google Play, Spotify, Stitcher, and we are sponsored by the Anchor Podcast App. This is how I produce my podcast. If you'd like to start your own podcast, then I encourage you to go to the Anchor Podcast App available in your app store on whatever platform you happen to be using. All right, let's just jump right into it. Good evening, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to the spectacular KPS Arena. Let's get ready to rumble. For all you climate change people out there, we got a couple of stories about the frigid, frigid colds that's going on out there in the Midwest. In Chicago, frigid temperatures break a January 30th record low. Chicago has officially broken its coldest record for January the 30th as a deadly Arctic blast freezes large swaths of the Midwest. Where's Al Gore when you need him? That's all I got to say. Temperatures will still be dropping after plunging early Wednesday to minus 19 degrees, breaking the day's previous record low of 15 below set in 1966. Ironically, the same year I was born. Snow plows were idled overnight in southwest, southwestern Minnesota, where temperatures dropped to negative 29 degrees. The temperature in Fargo, North Dakota, was 31 degrees below zero. Screw that. I ain't going up north when it's cold. Forget it. I'm just like the unknown redneck. I'm staying home. That's ridiculous, folks. Al Gore had no comment. All right, that's from Breitbart News. That's what they had to say about it. Uh, let's see what Fox News has to say about the whole thing. The University of Iowa student dies during polar vortex. Seven other deaths linked to a winter wintry blast. University of Iowa student has died after being found unresponsive on campus grounds early Wednesday as a polar vortex gripped the Midwest in Arctic temperatures that have linked been linked to seven other deaths. Gerald Bells was found behind the academic building on the Iowa City campus just before 3 a.m. by campus police, according to KCRG-TV. The med, pre-med student was rushed to the hospital where he later died. Police haven't released the cause of death. Duh. But it's believed that the frigid temperatures played a role. No kidding. With wind chill at the time the police found bells, it was minus 51 degrees. So there you go. Minus 51 degrees. Cold, 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 cold. Al Gore, Al Gore, Al Gore, Al Gore. It's cold, cold, cold. Coldest it's ever been. It is right to save the future for humanity. It is wrong to pollute this earth and destroy the climate balance. It is right to give hope to the future generation. It will not be easy. 
That's all I have to say about that. Al Gore. Climate change. Colder than shit. And now it's time for entertainment news. Say hello to my little friend. I have come here to chew bubblegum and kick ass. And I'm all out of bubblegum. You could ask yourself a question. Do I feel lucky? Well, do you, punk? I know that a lot of people are generically calling it the big game. I'm using air quotes there on Sunday, but it's the Super Bowl, and we all know that a lot of people watch it for the game, and then a lot of people watch it for the commercials, and some people watch it for both. But let's talk about the commercials. Let's see how much they cost. How much do you think they cost this year? I'm going to give you uh, just a couple of seconds to think about that. How much do you think a Super Bowl ad cost for one minute in the Super Bowl in 2019 this year? On Sunday, huge brands like Budweiser and Pepsi will once again spend millions of dollars on their advertising budgets in hopes of catching your attention during what should be the year's most watched television event, Super Bowl 53. And I always keep up with that because every time there's a Super Bowl, Super Bowl 53, for example, this year, I turned 53 this year, it works out that way for me. But anyway, uh, by the way, this uh, story comes from CNBC. Last year's host network, CBS, is charging a record $5.25 million. $5.25 million for a, not one minute, but a 30-second spot during the championship matchup between the L.A. Rams and the New England Patriots. Patriots are going to win. Go Pats. That's roughly $175,000 per second. And that price is up slightly from last year's $5.2 million and $1 million more than the cost of era commercial during the 2014 Super Bowl. In five years, the prices went up a million dollars. And in over a decade, the price of the average Super Bowl ad has nearly doubled as the average 30-second ad cost $2.69 million in 2008. If you go all the way back to the first ever Super Bowl in 1967, ads cost anywhere from 37000 to 42000 based on Nielsen's numbers, while the 95 market uh, marked the first year the average cost crept into the millions when a 30-second ad sold for $1.15 million which it was 900000 the previous year. According to AdAge, the biggest increase in the recent years came in 2000 when the cost jumped by 31%, thanks to big spending from rising internet startups like Pets.com in the midst of the dot-com bubble, if you remember all that. So, there you go. If you want to spend $5 million to get your point across, I guess the Super Bowl's the place to spend it. And that's been a little bit of entertainment news hey youngins unknown redneck here on kevin's podcast show 
Just want to let y'all know that I sure do appreciate all the kind words I've been getting from everybody for hosting Kevin's podcast show while he was out because he got that juice going on and he got his hind end checked out there. I reckon he's doing all right. But anyhow, I was proud to do it and I've had a, just nothing but good things from people to tell me about how things went and I reckon it did all right. And so there you go. Anyhow, old Kurt Angle was inspired by the whole thing, and he said that he might just start his own podcast. That's right, Kurt Angle said that him and his blue-haired girlfriend, Joanne, might just start talking about video games on there. And I said, well, that'd be all right, but I didn't reckon I'd listen to it because I don't play them devilish video games. I don't drink Mountain Dew, nor eat Hot Pockets, nor eat Doritos, neither. But anyhow, he said he might start one. If he does, I reckon I'll tell y'all about it, let you know. But anyhow, that's my little update for the podcast hosting and Kurt Angle and all such as that. Me and Charles decided we're going to take us a little trip down this weekend, take a little time for ourselves. We've been so caught up in all this wedding stuff going on. Well, she's been caught up in it, and I've been caught up in it because she's been caught up in it. That's the thing. Anyhow, they finally got all them dresses picked out. I reckon they've picked out their invitations and all that sort of thing and all such as that. But anyhow, we're going to take us a little break. We're going to go down to Chattanooga. Down there, some of that world-famous champion's chicken down there. I sure do like that. I'm going to go down there and get me a little chicken. And it's about the only chicken I like better than Cheryl's. But, boy, I tell you what, it's good. It's good. And I might get me a moon pie from the original moon pie place down there while I'm down there. And I think we might even go see some of them fish at the aquarium down there. But, anyhow, that's a little update from the Unknown Redneck. And you know where I am. Today's story comes to us from the Tennessean. Tennessee's huge auto industry, seven things you may not know. With three major auto manufacturing plants and nearly 1,000 auto suppliers scattered across the state, Tennessee has emerged as the primary driver behind Southeast's fast-growing automotive industry. If you're new to Tennessee, or even if you were born and raised here, here are seven things you may not know about Volunteer State's biggest industry. Tennessee is home to three major manufacturing plants. The General Motors plant in Spring Hill produces the mid-size mid-size crossover SUV, the GMC Acadia, the mid-size luxury crossover SUV, the Cadillac XT5 while the Chattanooga Volkswagen plant produces the mid-size SUV, the Atlas, and the mid-size sedan, the Passat. The Smyrna Nissan plant makes the Leaf electric car and the compact crossover SUV, the Rogue. If you remember, Spring Hill is where they used to do the Saturn plant. That that was a big deal, and then they closed it down and they started making the uh, GMC Acadia and the, the Cadillac XT5 down there, so... Those are those are big plants, and they employ a lot of people, and I'm glad. 
Okay, speaking of Nissan, the plant in Smyrna is the most productive car manufacturing plant in North America. It produces 645,514 cars, trucks, and SUVs in 2016 645,514 cars trucks and SUVs in 2016 that's a lot that's why I repeated it so that's good ahead of the curve Tennessee is one of the only three states where completely driverless vehicles are already legal even though the technology isn't ready yet that's right in the state of Tennessee driverless vehicles are legal Rolling, rolling, rolling. Tennessee's automobile industry rolls out a new auto every 20 seconds. So in the time that it's taken me to read what's going on so far, they've rolled out about mm, half a dozen cars. Tennessee has an automotive operations in 87 of its 95 counties. That's where I was getting that from. A long line of suppliers, including more than 900 auto suppliers, According to the Department of Economic and Community Development, manufacturers here include Hankook Tire, Bridgestone Americas, and Calsonic Kansai. Goodbye, Saturn. Saturn opened the plant in Spring Hill in 1990. The last car rolled over the line there in March of 2007, and the brand was discontinued. Uh, but there's a next generation of auto workers at some of the Tennessee high schools, including Fairview High School in Williamson County. Students can obtain an, an associate's degree in uh, mechatronics, whatever mechatronics is, allowing them to enter the field upon graduating. There you go. If you want to get you a mecha, mechatronics degree in the state of Tennessee, go to Williamson High School and you can get one down there. Those are seven things about the automotive industry and how it relates to the state of Tennessee. And that's just really good news for the state of Tennessee and really good news for workers in the state of Tennessee. Those are nice jobs for people to have and nice jobs for people to to retire on and raise their families on and that sort of thing. And that's really good news. And that is something great in the volunteer state. This story comes to us from MUFON, the Mutual UFO Network. That would be MUFON.com, MUFON.com, M-U-F-O-N.com. Tennessee has, is one of the top six UFO sighting states, according to MUFON. Uh, higher populated states such as California, Pennsylvania, they have 15 cases each. Missouri is followed with 13, Florida with 12, Ohio and Tennessee have 10. Tennessee is the 36th largest state and the 16th most populated, but editors were choosing from uh, 7,651 UFO reports received worldwide in 2017, and of those, they distilled those down to a final group of 1,827 in the United States and chose only 241 for a book that they have published that is a review of the 2017 spottings in Tennessee. Tennessee UFO activity kicked off early in the year, popped up in six different months between January and October of 2017 with a variety of shapes including triangles, disks, cylinders, spheres, and diamond-shaped objects. The first one happened in Kingsport was a slow-moving triangle-shaped object overhead that 
could have been observed by one witness that happened at 7 p.m. on January the 18th, 2017. The next one happened in Knoxville. Uh, This witness saw... He saw a disc-shaped object at 4 or 5 p.m., February the 26th, 2017. And this guy goes on to say, I'm not going to read all the details here, but he was in the Navy, and evidently he knew a little bit about commercial aircraft and how that they operated, and th- this thing had a lot of speed to it, according to him. Tennessee witness, witnesses at Latham, Tennessee, uh, saw a series of orb UFOs, including some that would follow vehicles. Uh, This one also, they said that they saw a seven feet tall, gray, smooth skinned, alien looking being that walked toward them. So that was a little different. Cumberland City, a sphere-shaped UFO ejecting smaller objects that was observed at Elk Creek in Cumberland City at 9.30 p.m. on June the 21st, 2017, by a man and his son who was camping. Tennessee witnesses at Turtletown reported seeing a very bright, very large cigar-shaped object that was flying overhead, which I always wondered why that UFOs tend to, aliens tend to use the cigar shape. I don't understand that. I don't know. Maybe they like cigars. Witnesses were in the yard at 8.50 p.m. on June the 28th, 2017. I saw a large, bright, orange-like fire cigar-shaped object. It started moving toward me. I couldn't tell how far away it was from me. Cell phones didn't work. All right. The next one was... A Tennessee witness in Hickson, Tennessee, reported a bright yellow light with pure white Saturn-like object behind it hovering in the sky. The witness was driving home from yoga class at 8.13 p.m. on July the 20th, 2017. I was between the Dollar General and Walmart, which could be anywhere in the state of Tennessee because there is a Dollar General and a Walmart every 15 feet in this state. They were on Middle Valley Road. Sky was clear, no clouds, still bright outside. I saw a bright yellow light in the sky, thinking it, there were no airports around. They went on to notice that the it was a Saturn-like pure white object. Tennessee witness at Johnson City reported seeing multiple objects the size of softballs moving to the ground level. This witness was uh, seeing the same objects for over a week with this report focusing on what occurred at 9.05 p.m. on July the 27th, 2017. The object came, came closer and does not make any noise. The light's so bright you cannot look directly at it. So that was a little different. Uh, Tennessee witness in Greenville, Tennessee reported watching a pyramid-shaped object that approached quickly and suddenly vanished, according to testimony. The witness was driving to Pigeon Forge with a girlfriend at 2.30 a.m. on July the 30th, 2017. Okay, he was driving from Greenville to Pigeon Forge at 2.30 a.m. There might have been a little alcohol involved in that one. She noticed the object. I thought it was just a cell phone tower with a red light in the distance. She told me it wasn't. Uh, looking at the correct thing that I noticed about 100 meters above the surface was an object with slow rotation white blinking lights. Somehow or another, I don't think somebody from Greenville, Tennessee that is going to Gatlinburg at 2.30 in the morning would use the term 100 meters. 
They might have said 100 yards, so I'm a little bit skeptical about that one. A Tennessee witness in a, a, at Elizabethan, Tennessee, reported watching a large, low-flying, triangle-shaped object, according to testimony. The witness began to feel lightheaded and queasy just before seeing the object at 11.26 p.m. on August the 8th, 2017. So far, all of these have been Knoxville and east of Knoxville. So East Tennessee, we're either really crazy or aliens like us for some reason or other. Uh, Knoxville, another Knoxville reporting here. See, watching a slow-moving object with white lights, triangle formation, October the 11th, 2017. And I guess that's the last one for the year. That's some uh, Lalian news from Tennessee. All right, this has been episode 13 of my 21-day challenge, 21 podcast in 21 days with 21 minutes of new content each day. I'd like to remind you that we are available on the Apple Podcast app, iTunes, Google Play, Spotify, Stitcher, and everywhere that fine podcasts are sold. Well, actually, podcasts aren't sold. They're free. So, you know, no reason not to listen. That's what I'm saying. Also, check out my buddy Drew McSalty's podcast, The Shift Ender Podcast, Jason Albert TV on YouTube, and Weird Tennessee on Facebook. Thanks, folks. It's been a blast. You know what I just did? I just walked out that door, saw a couple detectives, and I was about to start bad-mouthing you behind your back, but I stopped myself because my pops taught me that a man who talks behind somebody's back is a coward. Wow, I actually appreciate that. Good, because I'm going to tell you directly to your face. No, you don't have to. No, I don't like you. I think you're a fake cop. The sound of your piss hitting the urinal, it sounds feminine. Mm -hmm. If we were in the wild, I would attack you. Even if you weren't in my food chain, I would go out of my way to attack you. If I were a lion and you were a tuna, I would swim out in the middle of the ocean and freaking eat you. And then I'd bang your tuna girlfriend. Okay, first off, a lion swimming in the ocean? Lions don't like water. If you'd placed it near a river or some sort of fresh water source, that makes sense. But you find yourself in the ocean, 20-foot wave, I'm assuming it's off the coast of South Africa, coming up against a full-grown 800-pound tuna with his 20 or 30 friends, you lose that battle. You lose that battle nine times out of ten.